About two years ago, we lost our son um, in a car accident. And sometimes when you go through tragedies like that, you don't know how you're going to make it through. And I think that is where God fills us with love for one another. And it's what has actually gotten us through the difficult time. And both of us together, hand in hand, loving on one another to be able to move forward and keep going. I'm a suicide survivor. I, committed, I tried to commit suicide in 2007, even after I got saved. And I have to tell you something, that if it wasn't for the love of the people in our church, the people that came and poured into me when I was in the hospital, the people that came and poured into my husband and son and family and everything that I went through, it was the light for us. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Amen. 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 What's up, Rock Church? How y'all doing today? Happy Easter. God is good. Okay, so if I say God is good, y'all say all the time. And then I say all the time, y'all say God is good. Amen. Let's try it one more time. God is good. All the time. He's alive, baby. He's alive. Amen. 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 We want to welcome all of you to Rock Church. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. We are 16 years old, and we want to welcome all our campuses who are watching live right now in North County. Everyone say North County. Say East County. Say San Isidro. Say City Heights. Say Point Loma. Say all the people watching online, all multi-sites, let's give everybody out there a big hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Coronado. Uh, today is our Super Bowl, our World Cup, our NBA Finals, our World Series, all wrapped up in one on steroids times 100. This is the most important, the most important event in the history of the world because the Savior, not only was he born on Christmas, but he rose from the dead and proved that he was God today, and we are here to celebrate that. Matter of fact, every, every time you come to church on Sunday, we are rehearsing Easter. That's why we worship on Sunday. We are rehearsing and reminding ourselves it was on a Sunday that he rose from the dead. Amen. And uh, we pray that uh, today will be the first day uh, of eternal life for some of you in here, that you would give your life to Christ today, right here in whatever campus you're watching and wherever you are online. Amen. So let's get on our knees and pray and get this party started. I love Easter. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you have such great plans for our lives. And I pray that you uh, would speak to somebody today, that they would give their heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you are a visitor, what we usually do at this time is we uh, take our Bibles out and on the count of three, we lift it up and say word. And whether you have a book Bible or on your tablet or your phone. Uh, so on the count of three, we're going to lift the Bibles up and say word. One. 
<laughs> Some people are mathematically challenged. <laughs> say one. one. Say two. two. Say three. three. Say word. Very good. Let's turn to John chapter 20, verse 24. John chapter 20, verse 24. And happy Easter to all of you. John 20, verse 24. My wife and I have been married, uh, we'll be married 30, uh, let me see, carried it four, three times. <laughs> 32 years in September. Uh, amen, amen. And I have, uh, sometimes young couples will say, you know, what's the key to being married? Just do whatever she says. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> But for real, if you, if, you, if, you, if you commit to serving each other, not one, just both together, that, that saves a lot of drama. Uh, but we've married 32 years, and when we first met, we went to some kind of carnival thing. I don't remember exactly what the event was, but I won. Everyone say won. I won this stuffed animal for her. I don't know, throwing darts, shooting something. I don't remember what it was. And after I won it, I had to give it to her, and she had to receive it in order to enjoy it. Uh, about six weeks ago, we started a series called Love Wins. Everyone say Love Wins. The Bible says that God is love, and we defined love by the heart of God, God's passion for you, his desire to know you, his desire to execute his plan in your life, his desire to forgive you and establish a relationship with you. That is love, the heart of God. That's how he sees you, though he knows everything about you. He loves you anyway. But his, and his love drove his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and give us an opportunity to have a relationship with God. His love drove his son to the cross to give us an opportunity to be forgiven of our sin and to understand the purpose of our life. That opportunity is available to you today. It's also an opportunity for you to give that to someone else and share the gospel with someone else. But it doesn't do you any good if Christ won that for you and you do not receive it. It's one thing to know about the Savior. And I know a lot of people know about Jesus. They know about the resurrection and his death. They know about Mary and the virgin birth. But they don't know Christ personally. And we want to take you from one level of knowing about God, knowing that he won this opportunity for you and wants to give it to you, that you receive it. Because it's available to every single one of you. The Bible says, for God's love, the world. Everyone say the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Whoever. But you have to believe and receive it. Can I get an amen? And so in the story I want to read to you, it's very simple. It's about a guy who doubted whether Jesus rose from the dead. Let me give you context. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Look to the person next to you and say, that means you. Amen. <laughs> Point to yourself and say, that means me. Very good. Okay, very good. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. Physical and spiritual death. Spiritual death is eternal separation from God. And the Bible says that the penalty of sin is death. Therefore, someone has to pay for your sin with their life. 
So Jesus looked down and God looked down and says, I want to give all these people an opportunity to have a relationship with me because if they have to pay for their sin themselves, they're going to die and burn in hell forever. So God sent his son Jesus to live 33 years. He had a three-year ministry. He walked on water. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He healed the mute. And he demonstrated the power of the kingdom of God. And then he told his disciples, I'm going to be crucified. And I'm going to die and rise from the dead three days later. So he was arrested because one of his disciples betrayed him. After he was arrested, he was denied three times by another disciple. They beat him. They whipped him. They whipped his bare back 39 times with nine leather straps with bone and metal chips that ripped the skin and muscle off the bone. They beat his face in. They pulled his beard out. They stuck two-inch thorns in his head. They spit on him. They cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And then he had to carry a cross up a hill, two, about, uh, up a hill two or three blocks where they laid him on the cross nailed him to the cross, and he hung there for six hours. And in those six hours, his heart burst in his chest. He literally died of a broken heart. And everybody watched. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the middle of the day, the sky became black. My theory is that all the demonic forces came to gloat over the, the man who claimed to be the son of God, saying, we killed him, thinking it was over. But then he said, in three days, I'm getting up again. His disciples ran. They were scared. All the people were saying, save yourself. If you're really the son of God, save yourself. He said, I didn't come to save myself. I came to die. They put him in a tomb. They put a rock in front of the tomb. They put their special forces, the Roman soldiers, the most trained fighting men on the planet, in front of the tomb to guard the tomb. And then three days later, by the way, they, put, they guarded the tomb because they didn't want the fishermen to come steal the body. And then tell everybody he rose from the dead. So they sealed the tomb up. They put a big rock. They put the, the soldiers in front of the tomb. And nobody was going to get in that tomb and steal the body and claim Jesus rose from the dead. But you can't hold God back. Three days later, there was an earthquake. The angels came down. And the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Roman soldiers saw the angels. And the Bible says they fell over dead. They said, oh, snap. And so is the angel. And Jesus came walking out of the tomb. I'm sure he was walking like that. What's up, y'all? What's up? He came walking out of the tomb. And then and on Sunday morning, Mary came and looked in the tomb and said, he's gone. And then his disciples came. And Peter came and said, he's gone. And then the word on the street was, he rose from the dead. And everyone was talking about he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And there was a disciple named Thomas. Everyone say Thomas. Thomas didn't believe it. He didn't rise from the dead. I need proof. Everyone say, I need proof. Some of y'all are still holding God hostage. Actually, you're holding yourself hostage. In other words, you're saying, unless God does this in my life, I'm not going to believe. So Thomas said, unless I touch the nail prints with my fingers, unless I put my hand in his side where the spear was stuck, I'm not going to believe it. And so he's talking trash. The same night Jesus rose from the dead, he sees some of his disciples. Thomas hears about it because he wasn't there. Eight days later, they're in the house again. The door is shut. Jesus is just going to appear in the room. Don't know if he just kind of appears or he walks through the wall. Don't know how he got in the room. But the Bible is going to say the room was, the door was shut. He's going to come in the room. He's going to say to everybody what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. And then he's going to go right over to Thomas and basically saying, you've been talking trash about me? Check that out right there. And we're going to learn three things that a resurrected Savior 
wins for you. Love wins. Let's read it. Chapter 20, verse 24. It says, now Thomas called the twin, John 20, verse 24. Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came the first time. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. And he said, I don't believe it. Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again being inside and Thomas with them, Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in their midst and said, what's happening, y'all? Say amen if your Bible says peace be with you. Yeah, okay. You got old school Bible. He said, what's up, what's up, what's up? Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, be believing. Number one of your notes, love one by securing a place for your doubt. There are some of you who doubt God. You doubt whether he loves you. There is no greater love that anybody can have for you except to lay down his life for you. Jesus can't do anything more for you to prove that he loves you than to die for you. There is no other God, no other Savior that has done for you what Jesus has done for you. If you ever wonder, have you forgotten me? Do you care about me? How can you not answer my prayer? All those doubts. As a matter of fact, next week we're going to start a series called I Doubt It. And over several weeks we're going to talk about how you can use the Bible to wrestle with your doubt about pain. Why you have pain in your life if God is so loving. Does science disprove God? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the religions in the world. How can one be right over every other religion? We all have a lot of doubts, but if there's one thing you shouldn't doubt is how much God loves you. Because there's nothing more he could do. If he gave you a billion dollars, it wouldn't mean as much as him laying his life down for you. Can I get an amen? A billion. He says, I am going to lay my life down for you. And then you're going to say, well, not only did Jesus lay his life down for you, the father sent his son to die for you. For all of you who are parents, if you're a parent, raise your hand. Can you imagine sending your son, your child, your only child to die for someone else? That's how much the father loves you. What is there to doubt? And it wasn't like Jesus died and then went away and then we got to deal with life. He, this is the cool part, he died, went into the tomb. He came back and he said, look, you got questions? I'm here. He said to Thomas, Thomas, you don't have to wrestle with your doubt alone. I am here right in your face. Go ahead and touch me. Bring me your doubt. Bible says cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Bring your doubt to God. He said, Thomas, reach out your hand. Touch me. Come on. Touch me. God is not way out there. He didn't die 2,000 years ago when he's way over there. God is right here. And he's alive. He's not only, and not only did he rise from the dead, he is right here in your midst. All you have to do is reach out by faith and say, Lord, I need you now. And we're going to do that in a few minutes. You're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Please help me with what I'm struggling with. I feel like my life, I, I got a raw deal. I got all these bad things in my life. God says, 
Bring that to me. Bring that to me. Take, give me your burden. Take my burden, it's light. Give me your burden. A risen Savior is here to interact with you, talk with you, encourage you. We had Russell Wilson, who was a quarterback of the Seahawks here last year, and we interviewed him on stage. And one of the things he said while he was here was that God spoke to him. And there were several things he said that the media got hold of, and, and for about a week it was on all the front page of all the websites and everything on ESPN criticizing him for things he said. And one of them was that God spoke to him. That who does Russell Wilson think that God could actually speak to him like he has a direct line to God? Yeah. And by the way, he doesn't have a direct line any more than anybody else. But when people say, how can someone say God spoke to them? They're saying a couple things. The God that I worship doesn't talk. In other words, I worship money and it doesn't talk to me. So why would your God speak to you and my God doesn't speak to me? Because your God doesn't talk. Cars don't talk. Bling doesn't talk. Careers don't talk. And they're not going to tell you about what God can tell you. God said, if you call to me, I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive and wants a relationship with you. In other words, he wants you to engage him, touch him, invite him in. Can I get an amen? God rose him rising from the dead, won you that opportunity. Number two in your notes. Love won all the arguments against Jesus' deity. In, all the, in other words, all the people who said Jesus is not God. Now, when Jesus was walking on earth, he said he was God in many different ways. He forgave sin. Only God can forgive sin. So when he forgave people's sin, the religious said, how can he do that? Only God can do that. And Jesus was saying, Exactly. <laughs> he accepted worship. They said, you should tell them be quiet. Only God can accept worship. He said, exactly. <laughs> he said, I'm going to come on the clouds. You're going to see the Son of Man come on the clouds. He was referring back to the book of Daniel, Old Testament. And they said, oh, blasphemy. That, 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 that's, that's the Messiah. You can't say that. He said, exactly. And he kept messing with the religious in code, but open code. They understood. And he said, the Father, God is my Father. They said, blasphemy. You can't say that. He said, exactly. I'm God. And they kept saying, we're going to crucify you, blasphemy. He's claiming to be God. He's claiming to be God. And it's exactly what he was doing. And then he said, if you kill me, I'm going to get up in three days. They said, you're really tripping now. <laughs> and he told his disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be denied. I'm going to be crucified. Very painful death. They're going to nail me to a cross. And in three days, I'm going to get up. They're like, ah. Okay, he dies. He's on the cross, hanging. He breathes his last breath. They take him off. They put him in the tomb. And his disciples are thinking, it's over. What do we do now? They're hiding. Because their Messiah, their leader, their teacher is gone. And in three days he gets up. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? And they're like, oh, snap, he's alive. <laughs> there is no more proof you need that Jesus Christ is God, that he rose from the dead. You do not want to pray to a God that is dead. You do not want to trust your eternity with a God that's in the grave. And there are a lot of people praying to things, 
praying to the stars. I was at a, at a foo-foo banquet once, and I was sitting next to this lady, and whenever I go to these things, I'm always like, okay, you know, I want to do some ministry here, so who can I minister to? And if you're sitting next to me, that's, that's, that's all I need. So I started to ask this lady, you know, you, you go to church? She said, well, no, not really. I said, do you believe in God? Just basic questions, basic questions. You know, what do you believe? And she said, well, I believe that, you know, we're all one and you can just think good thoughts and they'll come back to you. It's kind of up there and we're all united by this one uh, universal thing. And, and she's telling me all this stuff and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, pretty cool. I said, uh, is there a book I can learn about this? I want more information. She said, well, it's just, it's just out there. It's just universal. And, 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 and I said, well, is it, do I get the information from NASA since it's up in the sky? I mean, I, I, I want you to help me understand where you get this from. And she kept going on, but she wouldn't tell me where she can get the information from. I said, did you just make this up? I mean, I, I really want to know. And here's the thing. You, you, don't, you don't want to trust your eternity in something you think is true. You don't want to trust your eternity in some theory someone had. You don't want to trust eternal life, even in the smartest person you know, you don't want to trust eternal life into them, especially if they're still dead. You want to be praying to a God who is alive. This is why this is so critical. Because if you go to Israel and you go to the tomb, it's empty. He's alive. He died and rose from the dead for real. That is a big deal. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, he validated everything he said. Because now you have to go back and think about everything he said. Because if he could keep the promise to rise from the dead, he could keep all those other promises like feeding you, encouraging you, watching after you, getting you through your hard times. He could do all of that if he could rise from the dead. And that's the kind of God you want to pray to and trust in. Amen? Number three, amen. Number three. Love won an opportunity to have a personal God. Love won an opportunity for you to have a personal God simply by faith. Verse 28. Thomas answered and said, after he touched his side, he said, my Lord, my God. Now I know um, on social media we put OMG. Oh, my God. I guess he was probably saying that a little bit. Like, OMG, you're up. You really did rise from the dead. But he was also proclaiming a truth about his relationship with Jesus. Jesus went from being their leader, a rabbi, a teacher, to being his God. My prayer is that today, for some of you, he would go from being a religious figure to being your Messiah, your personal Messiah. Not that you own him to yourself, but that he is more than a God you know about and heard about to a God that you know personally. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the penalty of sin is death. That means all of us are going to die. I think we all know that. And we're going to die because we are sinners. But because sin is a spiritual offense, that death is physical and spiritual. And spiritual death is eternal separation from God. The Bible calls that hell. 
we don't want you to go there. And the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, him rising from the dead, was a statement that I want to offer you life. It is a proof and evidence that eternal life does exist and that there is a resurrection. But like I told you in the very beginning, I won that stuffed animal for my wife. She had to receive it even though I won it. Christ won salvation for you. He paid for salvation for you. But it does you no good if you do not receive it by faith. And look what Jesus said in verse 29. Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they have believed. In a minute, we're going to pray and give you the opportunity to ask Jesus to be your Savior, that he would forgive you of your sin, renew your mind, and that he would establish a relationship with you eternally. And by the way, when I say forgive you of your sin, remember it no more. God has chosen to forget everything I did before I asked him to be my savior. All the drugs, all the cursing, all the lying. He says, I have chosen to never bring it up. That's good news. Can I get amen? Some of y'all will say, well, you know, God knows my heart. That's the problem. He knows your heart. How many of you know your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, as the Bible says? Can I get amen? Okay, let me ask that question again. Uh, when we raise our hand, you want to put your elbow above your ear. How many of you, how many of you know your heart is evil, more evil than you, want to, than you even know? Amen, amen. Another way, of, another way of asking that same question is how many of you think things in your mind you would never say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at all you sinners out there. <laughs> God knows all of that. And you know what he says? I'm willing to forgive you. But you have to ask me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. In a minute we're going to pray, then we'll take communion after that. You have to believe you are a sinner. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for your sin, and that he really rose from the dead. And he's alive right now. And he loves you. And he wants to forgive you and have a relationship with you. Now, after that, we're going to take communion. Let me tell you, some of you have, may have been in churches where you take communion and you think that, God, you get a blessing with it. I would challenge you and encourage you not to take communion unless you ask Christ to be your Savior. Because... When you take communion, you are acknowledging that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead, that you know that. So you don't want to acknowledge that and take the sacrament and at the same time say, I reject you. So it's better that you ask Christ to be your Savior, then take communion, or just let it pass out of respect to what it means. Is that clear? Does that make sense? So in a minute we're going to pray, and you're going to have an opportunity to say, I realize I'm a sinner. I believe the penalty of my sin is death. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin and be my Savior. I want to receive the salvation that you paid for on the cross. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes in all the campuses.
Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much that you love us and that you have an amazing plan for our life. Lord, in every person, in every campus, you know every single thought, prideful urge. You know every secret in their life. And you are willing to forgive every single thing today. If you realize that you are a sinner, just like everybody else, you believe the penalty of your sin is death, but you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And you want him to forgive you. I want you to pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. A prayer that if you believe, he will receive you. A prayer you must by, pray by faith believing that God knows who you are and loves you. If you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe the penalty of my sin is death. But I believe Jesus died for my sin and rose from the dead. Dear Jesus, Please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up. If you prayed that prayer, then we'll take communion. But I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. And whatever campus you're in, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand really high on the count of three just so we can pray for you and know you, that you prayed. So whatever campus you're in, if you prayed that prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior, just slip your hand up really high, elbow above your ear, hand way up in the sky. God bless you. 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 God bless all of you. God bless 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 you. We see you in all the campuses. We see you in East County, North County, San Ysidro, City Heights. We see your hands up. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for all those people. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give all those people a big hand. Amen. Amen. A couple things before we go. If you, we're going to take communion. If you do not have one of these communion cups, if you can just raise your hand up. And the ushers will bring you one. And if you do, just open up the top. Matthew 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples. I was working out the other day. And I was putting this dumbbell down. It was about 250-pound dumbbell. I'm just saying, don't be jealous. I was doing curls. And 
it has plates. And when I put it down, my finger got caught between the plates, right on my, just my nail. It hurt. But that was only my finger. Jesus' body was broken. We take communion, we're acknowledging that his body, his whole body, was broken. Lord, we take this acknowledging that your body was broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be careful when you open the cup. He took the cup and gave thanks, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. All throughout the Bible, there is no forgiveness of sin except with bloodshed. Jesus' blood was sinless, therefore qualified to pay for all of our sin. We take this acknowledging we know that. We believe that. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your sinless blood on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to ask all you to bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. Put everything away. This is our altar call time. Bow your heads, close your eyes. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, a few minutes ago on all the campuses, many people raised their hand because they asked Jesus to be their Savior. This is a time that we want to celebrate you if you raised your hand. As you raised your hand, you said, Jesus, I now surrender my life to you. I trust you with my heart. In a minute, we're going to ask you to stand because we want to honor you. So if a few minutes ago you raised your hand to ask Jesus to be your Savior, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to stand up, and that's all campuses. And there will be someone in all the campuses to pray with you there. So if you raised your hand a few minutes ago to ask Christ to be your Savior, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before people... I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. This is something we do in public. We live for Christ in public. So on the count of three, if you raise your hand to ask Christ to be your Savior, just going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand to your feet if you raise your hand. God bless you. Stay standing. Stay standing. Good. Stay standing, please. God bless you. 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 Amen. Stay standing. Good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Stay standing. Now, now we're going to ask all of you who are standing, in a minute we're going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. And if you're a visitor, this is, this, this is the time we celebrate along with the angels in heaven. So if you standing up, come out of your seat, come on down to the altar. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sir. Stay right there. God bless you. 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 Stay right here. Stay right here. God bless you. Stay right here. God bless you. 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 
God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 Whoa. God bless you. Let's give a big hand. Come on, let's give a big hand. Amen. Um, everyone say relationship. It is very important to, for all of you to understand this is about a relationship with God. For the rest of your life, wherever you live, wherever you move to, whatever church you go, it's about a relationship. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. It's about a relationship. God bless you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. God bless you. They're coming from up from outside. Amen. God bless y'all. God bless you. Amen. 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 So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for all of you. You're going to go in the back and they're going to tell you about a next step for you. And one of the next steps, the next step, is to, join our, is to go to our life class, which is next Sunday. Our life class is going to teach you about how God designs you. It's going to teach you about what the church is about and show you where you can start serving and what to do next with your life. And get you started in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you haven't been to life class, next Sunday, 2 o'clock, next Sunday, we want to develop an army that goes serves the community. Amen? Our life class is that next step. Can I get an amen? So here's what we're going to do. If you're a visitor, what we're going to do is cheer all these people into that room. And after that, Pastor Marcus will pray us out. Lord, I pray for all these people. I pray you bless them, encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and start walking this way. Amen. Amen.